1: Money swag. What's up, buddy?
0: <laughs> hey, Matt. Good to see you. It's been too long.
1: Yeah, it feels like it's been a minute. I know we're a little bit behind for the listeners. This will probably be dropping about uh, a week behind our, our typical. We just, you know, had, uh, you know, kind of life and schedules getting in the way. I had a little minor, very minor surgery that kind of took me out of pocket for a, uh, a few days. Now I'm sort of back in the running and, uh, yeah, just wanted to catch up so we didn't you know, miss like a full cycle, maybe just half a cycle.
0: No, it's okay. It's, it's PTO on the Spirit of Time uh, podcast account, so that's, right. you
1: know, that's how it goes. Yep, yep. How are you, man? What's new with you? Anything exciting?
0: Oh, man, it's been a while since we caught up. Yeah, lots of cool things to talk about. I'm sure we'll get into a bunch of them. Um, things are good. We got a little bit of a late start um, on recording this evening because I... I I asked you to wait a few minutes for me because I just bought
1: a watch. <laughs> That's right, man. So you've got, we're not even into drink check, you know, uh, uh, or I should say wrist check, poor check, and you've got a, an NWA here. Um, and that does kind of tie in. I think I got the, the drink check term on the brain from the whiskey boys. Cause I think they, they may be interested in your new watch. What'd you get?
0: I think they might be.
1: The uh, the Watch
0: Tripod Conglomerate uh, Alliance is, is certainly probably going to take notice. Um, so my wife doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter uh, because this will come out before her birthday. But um, I had been shopping for, for something nice for, for the birthday and um, really honed in. I wanted to get her an Omega Constellation, and I had zeroed in on one that I particularly liked. And everything came together, you know, after some fast and furious finish, you know, uh, uh, finish line kind of action situation going on. And so probably I'm guessing within the next, uh, you know, five to seven or 10 days or whatever, should be in possession of a a new to me, new to us, uh, late 90s Omega Constellation, Mother of Pearl Dial um, uh, and, and Quartz and uh it looks banging. Uh seller says it's been serviced recently. Think that thing's going to be ready to go on the wrist and uh and now the wife's got an omega uh, to join the rest of the crowd and and the the clock, the countdown clock has potentially been initiated. Uh I know you guys threw down the gauntlet and I may have officially unofficially uh
1: just uh you know cut the ribbon on that. No, that's cool. I I don't think officially that we're part of the gauntlet throwing, you know, my, my face did not get slapped with the, the glove or whatever, but, um, I think that is their deal, right? I think they check themselves. So whoever buys one first, I think it starts the clock and the deal is for them, um, that, uh, whichever buys it first, the other two guys have basically 12 months to get one themselves. So I don't know. I think we're sort of like honorary, you know cousins what second cousins of the uh, each of the other two pods in our watch pod alliance and so maybe by extension you kind of sort of set the clock i don't know we'll, we'll have to see what they say we'll ask for a ruling
0: we'll ask for a ruling i think i want to say correct me if i'm wrong i want to say you chimed in at one point and said hey you know I'm, I'm i'm i've been on this train too and they said you count and so i'm sort of an extension of you we'll see
1: we'll see what the judge's rule i mean that's what i'm saying that's what I'm saying. I think we all have to get off our asses now and, and get caught because everyone, I think all of us basically have some degree of interest in these watches and it's just one of those things where it's just never capitalized on them. They're out there. They'll always be there. So it's always easy to put them on ignore or put them on shuffle. And yeah, maybe, maybe that has to be done.
0: The watch looks pretty rad I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, we'll see when it gets in hand, um, you know, should fit her style. Pretty cool. Um you know, classic constellation style, uh, mother of pearl, which is super fun. The markers are really cool. They're sort of these really faceted applied markers. Um, I don't know quite how to describe them. Somebody who's more familiar with the constellation sort of set would would probably. And the way I think they 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 term termed the termed it it's a it's a mini my choice. So on the back you have the, of the on the case back you have the constellation. You know the um, the telescope. Uh, engraving and then yep. above it it sort of says my choice it's i think a line of sort of the ladies uh constellations it looks pretty rad quite frankly i pretty pretty excited to get it in hand
1: that's going to be cool man well speaking of watch in hand what do you have on wrist and what's in the glass man let's
0: get into it hey um so let's go drink first um actually kind of pretty interesting drink and watch combo this evening which i think will lead us into some other stuff um in the glass uh, I had recently brewed some tamarind juice, um, had taken the tamarind ponds, uh, pods, excuse me, boiled them up, reduced them, uh, and, and it sort of made up a nice, uh, uh, juice that I stored in the fridge for just a minute and, um, hadn't been using it. I just wanted to make it to have it on hand. And I have one, to, I have this, um, uh, help me the, uh, what's the carbonator that everybody likes to make the sparkling water at home with Is that soda stream. SodaStream. I don't have a soda stream. This have called... SodaStream. This was called my SodaStream. I wish they should send us some stuff. Uh, but but what I have actually and I like better I think is it's called Drinkmate. Same concept, right? Sounds kind of like an off-brand. Maybe it is. Wasn't cheap though. But the point is, if I understood the SodaStream correctly, they don't want you to put anything but water in it or their flavoring, you know, agents or maybe, you know, some natural flavorings. And I think if I understood it right, it's because it's really hard to clean the carbonating mechanism. And essentially you can gunk it up. And if you put anything in it besides water, it avoids your warranty, yada, yada, yada. So this one that I got was called the Drink Mate. The carbonating mechanism has a very small straw, essentially, that completely uh, comes apart from the actual stand and is not connected to the bottles at all. So it's really easy to clean. So not only can you basically put anything in it, Uh, They actually encourage you to. So you can put booze in it. You can put juices in it. You can put anything you want and carbonate it. So I have this thing, you know, at the drink mate. And I grabbed the tamarind juice, uh, hit it with some Aztec chocolate bitters, a little bit of lime juice, uh, carbonated it. So I basically have a sparkling tamarind juice, hit that with a mezcal. And so basically I have a a mezcal highball, you know, with tamarind uh, sparkling
1: water. And I'm pretty stoked on it. That sounds bitching, dude. The uh those the chocolate bitters, those are no joke. That's so good.
0: So good. Fee Brothers, uh, which make great stuff. I know you've got a bunch of Fee Brothers bitters at the house too. Um, wide range of stuff. And uh yeah, it's a it's a winner. It's a winner. It's you know tie ball season. It's getting a little bit warmer around here. Hopefully it continues. I think it looks like it will. And uh can't go wrong with
1: booze and sparkling water. No, totally. So what's on wrist?
0: on wrist the omega uh seamaster aquaterra railmaster um this is the 2503 so for those keeping score at home that's not the most recent uh edition with the sector dial this is the one before that uh so you're talking you know early to mid 2000s um sort of the rolex explorer uh, adjacent look with the 12369 Great watch. Love it. Uh, Comes on a fantastic bracelet, quite frankly, actually, one of my favorite bracelets. But our friends, and I think we can call them that now, our friends at Forstner uh, reached out and they sent us some things to check out, provide feedback on, uh, shoot some photos. That's kind of a cool, you know, feather in the cap. They think what we do is worthy of shooting. And so I've got on the Railmaster right now what they call their contemporary flat link, which. I think most of the fans out here, especially speedy guys and gals, will will be pretty familiar with that bracelet, and they call this the pre 2018 for the Seamaster. So that's why they were interested in how it would look and what the experience would be like on the Railmaster, being in the family. Um, this thing's rad, man. Uh, I had hand I've handled Forstner before, uh, most notably on a few of your watches. Hint, hint. And I know the construction build, I know the quality, of the finish. Uh, obviously, the backstory and the history. Uh, really impressed with them. Now that I have it on my, you know, on my own wrist for a, a, a substantial amount of time, it's rad, man. I mean, I love the bracelet that comes on this on this Railmaster, but this is nice to give it a break for a little while. I plan to have that Railmaster uh, in perpetuity until I uh, hand it down to somebody. But um, this gives it a fresh new look, gives the bracelet a, a rest. Um and I am completely sold on what Forstner is doing as if I needed that validation. Basically, everybody around us continues to echo that sentiment. But uh this is a great look, great build quality, and I'm pretty stoked on it. Forstner did a great job as they usually do.
1: Yeah, that is uh that's an amazing look on that, that flat link on your railmaster. That railmaster is one of my favorite watches. Um at low-key, it would be hard for me to pick between that and your GMT master. If I was to take your collection, like if I could have one watch from your collection, I'd be really tempted to take that. It's super wearable. It's the 39 mil, um, you know, printed dial. It's kind of just before everything took a step up in terms of like the luxe feel. And it's an absolutely, it is, you said adjacent, I would say killer. It's an Explorer killer. It's great.
0: You're you're right, thank you. Yeah, that's a fun episode. Let's write that down. If we could take one watch from some from from the other person's collection, why? Which one and why? That's a, I like that. That's that's something we might want to do.
1: Well, maybe so. All right, cool. <laughs> well, that's that is fantastic. Um well, so I will do my checks here and I'll start with the wrist check then because this was sort of by coincidence. Uh but I am wearing I've got my Black Bay um GMT, so this is the the Pepsi, the original one. And I probably about a year ago I got the Forstner bracelet for this thing. This is the not Jubilee, but come on, everybody calls it a Jubilee, right? It's um, like Velcro, not Velcro, right? Exactly. It is <laughs> loop, and loop closure is what they call that. I think, but yeah, I I don't know what their nomenclature is for this, but this is basically a pretty dramatic taper. You know, the the like the three middle links of the five links, so basically the the narrow links have a a certain degree of polish. So it still looks kind of luxe, but it's not in your face the way like a GMT masters PCLs are with the modern GMTs, the six digit. Um, I think it's hard to say really if it's lighter than the OEM bracelet for this watch, but I think it is. And it definitely, um, it reduces the visual mass on it. And it's, it's just, there's a lot more kind of jangliness Um, which is a a good thing. And then also the, the clasp itself, I believe is a little bit smaller, but at the same time has way more adjustability. I think this thing has what one, I'm going to count right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, looks like seven. Yeah. I've got seven on this one right now. Yeah. And you know, twin, twin trigger release. Um, everything is very, very positive. Um, this is not an, you know, a cheap bracelet, you know, Compared to like OEM, it's a lot less expensive, but they do a great job. I think, you know, the only complaint that we probably would push their way, literally every single person I know who has Forstner, they all have the same complaint. And that is the, just the the screws coming out of the box are just way too damn tight, like ridiculously tight, like break your screwdriver tight. Yeah. If you're listening, please, um, Ixnay on the octite lay or whatever it is they use, um, you know, ease up on that. But other than that, man, it's a great experience. I have one for my Speedmaster. I have an old one, four, five, zero, two, two, and the bracelet on that just barely fits me. It's the original bracelet. So I've dismounted that bracelet. It's very fragile feeling. And I, uh, I put the, I don't know, again, the nomenclature for the bracelets, but the, it's sort of the equivalent to like a president style. And it was basically it. it looks very similar to what would have been correct for the Omega Speedmaster of the period. But again, just vastly superior in terms of robustness and it, it looks super cool. So quick
0: couple quick hits and then I wanna comment further on that. But um, the uh, first of all, I'm, I'm team anti-rivet on the bracelet uh, for Tudor. Uh, I wanna just out myself there. I'm also team like anti not three o'clock date, unless it's well done at maybe six o'clock. Um, and I'm also going to out myself as sort of team anti-power reserve on the dial side of a of a Grand Seco. So there you go. Come at me. But uh all that said, that to me is the most killer look for that Black Bay GMT. I absolutely love it. Have been a fan of it since you put it on there. Uh I want to say even some folks
1: from Tudor noticed that one time and were pretty oh, that, struck. I, that that was funny. We were at a Tudor event. Um what probably, about four or five months before they uh they launched anything with their version of again whatever they call it, but like a five link jubilee style, and I was wearing this watch to the event, yeah, and the you were standing next to me, right I mean that I dude, was I'm not exaggerating he like was I wouldn't say he was mean mugging me, but I mean he was eyeball. You know, we were were attached at the eyeballs from across the room and he like made a beeline for me looking at the watch. Like, let me see that watch. Let me see that watch. And he was very complimentary of it. But I think in retrospect, it must have been he saw this bracelet on this watch and was like, how did you get that? Like where, you know, did the did the A.D. give it to you? Where did you find that? Um, But he seemed very relieved and I didn't understand why at the time. But now I do. But anyway, yeah, it's a great watch. Uh, I like it and the, the combo is good. So that's that I, my drink check is super easy cause I don't have one. I'm basically drinking a, uh, a mocktail here. Uh, I was talking to you prior to this and, and having had my surgery and just having been under the weather, I'm on a course of antibiotics where I absolutely cannot have any booze. I've been told in no uncertain terms, they're like, Matt, seriously, not even cough syrup. Like probably, probably because they know you, and they had to be very firm. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, anyhow, um, I've I've got some time off. Let's see if I uh, I drop a few lbs, but we'll see. But yeah, this is basically just a uh, what amounts to kind of a sort of a, I guess you'd say like a virgin mai tai. Not really. I mean, it's it's basically a a pineapple seltzer and a uh, pineapple juice and little bit of grenadine and a big healthy squeeze of fresh lemon. And actually, I hit this with orange bitters. And uh, yeah, Luxardo. And we're good to go. I'll
0: tell you what, a friend of my friend of ours, uh, Brian from the highway saloon, he had tipped me off on sort of when you want to, you know, lay off off the booze, or if you can't uh, enjoy a cocktail, uh, just throwing, you know, hitting a, a good you know, just like you did, or even just a simple, um, sparkling water with bitters. And I know obviously they're alcoholic technically, but I don't think any of us are going to, you know, feel the effects of, uh, you know, a a dash or two of bitters. Uh, but it gives you a nice sort of, uh, take on just a, a sparkling water and, uh, gives it just a little, you know, just something to sip on, which is nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so for an instance like this, where you want something to drink, you know, because it is warm, um, but also, this is sort of our tradition. So, rather than just not have anything, I've got this. So that's the drink check, uh, pour check, wrist check, done and dusted. What's new with you, man? I well, here, wait before we, I ask you that because I think we got a good segue. You see all my ephemera up in the background.
0: It's uh, your your garage studio is
1: looking pretty tight. I'm I'm trying to figure out a way that I can kind of hang this and then like have it swing up like on a hinge so mm-hmm. it drops down from the rafters and, and forms the background here. Almost like a reverse Murphy bed. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, you can see I've got all the old uh, Porsche and race posters. Some of these are like, you know, these are all prints by the way. I mean, nothing nothing is original, but this is a uh, 1971 Spa you got uh Nürburgring Laguna Seca Can-Am from the early 70s. This is all, you know, from the days of, uh, of Bell and Ix and even, you know, before that Long Beach Grand Prix, Hey, Summer Eskimo, if you're listening, I have one of these for you too. Got all my Omega stuff, but with all the Porsche stuff, um, that makes me think of what you've been doing lately, man. So what, what was the story?
0: Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, you know, we, we, you love racing. Um, and, uh, we've talked, I don't think either of us would, you know, self-identify as sort of a gearhead uh, but obviously, we enjoy kind of motorsports. You enjoy, and, and I've been getting into it too, just sort of the uh, the actual, you know, sport of uh, of watching auto racing and and and, and things like that. Um, but we've been no stranger to to showing up at a at a car event and enjoying it. Um, yeah, a couple of cool uh, events came up not too long ago. Um, Showcase Liquors, which is a local bottle shop in Pasadena, they just celebrated their fourth. Birthday party, fourth anniversary, right? Whatever you want to call it. Um, And they're friends. uh, So they reached out and said, Hey, make sure you swing by or have uh, basically a cars and coffee situation. And, um, you know, the the shop will be open. People want to grab, uh, you know, whatever they need for the weekend. It's like a Saturday morning. And so uh, packed everything up, headed over just not too far away from the house. And they did a really cool job. It was in conjunction with like a local motor club. And I have to say it was so, we, you know, I took the the, the C6 uh, Corvette over there and it was the only it was the only Corvette there. It might have been the only Chevrolet for that matter. Um, and uh, it was a whoever the motor club was. I'll, I'll, I'll think of it in a moment. But they were definitely a heavy BMW 2002 centric crew, which was fun. Yeah, man, that's um, that was my first car. You know what? I think you may have told me that, but I don't know that I remembered it until till
1: just now. That's pretty rad. I would give my left I would I would give Summer Eskimos left nut if I could have that car back.
0: <laughs> so so in in, the, in about two and a half one and a half to two minutes, you just offered Summer some free uh, paraphernalia and then and then off also, you know, sacrificed one of his body parts. Life Let, comes you know, at you fast, Summer. It does, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remember the old uh well you might be too young for this i don't know there there was very common like in the 70s and 80s people would have the crass bumper sticker and it would say something like gas grass or ass nobody rides for free or something like that <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah i feel like i, I feel like that was it, it should have been if it it wasn't cuz i would remember it but it should have been in, something in days confused
1: We almost never swear on this pod even though we have an explicit warning so we're we're earning it with this one although that's pretty tame but anyway yeah sorry summer i just I couldn't resist.
0: Yeah. So, he, he's a Motorsport guy. He's a good sport. He'll he'll serve it back. He'll he'll volley. Uh so anyway, super fun. Um actually a pretty diverse set of uh, of of cars there. Um local kind of mobile coffee shop was serving up great lattes and stuff. Uh there's McLaren, you know, 720, um, you know, some old Mercedes uh um Uh, what else would we see a bunch of 2002s decent selection of uh, of Porsches um, and just a cool you know cool low-key cars and coffee thing uh, which was nice and it was so nearby so why not and then I had gotten uh, tipped off that there you know Porsche was in North America was well Porsche worldwide was doing their 75th anniversary uh, sort of worldwide celebrations and actually I, I think we just posted today sort of a a uh, call back to the last episode we did with Cole Pennington. Um, not the last, but a, an episode we did with Cole a long, long time ago. And Cole ironically was also at some of the Porsche 75th anniversary stuff. I think a lot of our listeners probably in their locale were, were able to attend these things cause they were in all of their major hotspots. And so we have the Porsche experience center down in Carson, um, which is not too far from us. And so we popped down there and, um, they were basically the theme of the LA one, at least the public facing one. I know they had done some private stuff, you know, in the days leading up to, but the public facing event was sort of this paint to sample sort of come see all the, you know, paint to sample, you know, Porsche, um, you know, uh, uh, things that, that are available. Um, And then as part of that, everybody just came in and brought all their stuff. So, I mean, the parking lot was crazy, you know, but inside they were doing some really fun stuff. They had, all of, you know, what the current catalog of, of, uh, the sort of color, you know, color catalog was right now with different examples, you know, they had Macans and they had nine elevens and, and all, di- all sorts of different things representing all the different, uh, options, but then they had, um, an EA sports, uh, simulator. Um, and they were taking, if you qualified for certain things, you were able to then move on to additional sort of, you know, uh, uh, simulator kind of, Gaming situations elsewhere, like national or whatever, um, they had like sketch artists. You could sit down and they would sketch out sort of the caricatures. Um, you know, of course, the cafe was open. You know, the store was open. They were playing music. They had coffee out. It was part of like what I think they call it their morning shift. The Experience Center does, I think, one Saturday a month. They call it morning shift, and they just you know pass out coffee, and it's sort of like a you know come one, come on, and everybody can park first come first serve, and it essentially ends up being kind of cars and coffee situation um but it was super fun it was really cool the kids loved it they saw crazy stuff they saw vintage stuff they saw you know freaking rainbow colored cars and you know gtrs3s and i mean it was it was wild it was really fun and so for you know about a couple weeks here we, we we're certainly making the uh the rounds of the uh you know southern california automotive scene i suppose
1: yeah that's really cool in fact there's the uh a thing it's you know, nothing is as big as what you've just described, but in one of the, the local kind of bedroom communities here in St. Gabriel Valley, we'll talk about it specifically, but there's, it's, it's close by to both you and me. It's kind of in between. And there's a, you know, a monthly event that they do in the parking lot of a, uh, you know, a big, Avons and one of the, um, uh, like Asian supermarkets here. And that place goes off like early on a Sunday morning. It like you know, 8am and there's some, a lot of really cool and it's all, my impression is it's mostly local. We should go hit that sometime.
0: Yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. You know, I want to, um, it's funny because, uh, you know, we end up shooting, you know, pictures of such small objects, you know, cause we're mostly playing around with watches and maybe a cocktail or, or what have you. And, um, you know, I had the camera out there cause I was trying to just have, have some fun, but also sort of, you know, expand the, the skill set a little bit and just see what if anyway, the point was I realized photographing cars really is difficult when you're so <laughs> zoomed in on these little tiny, you know, um, pieces that we, you know, that we mess around with so often. Um, and so anyway, I had fun doing it, probably took one or two good photos. Uh, the other ones, I don't know, they're fine. Um, but uh, it was just sort of a a quick realization that, you know, when you, when you steer out of your lane and, and what you're used to, it it requires a recalibration.
1: Well, when you think about it, I mean, unless you have access to a um like an actual honest to Pete, like drive-in studio, you know, where you can control the, how do you control the lighting on an object as big as a car where it's almost always going to be outdoors anyway? You know, how do you account for shadows? You know, if it's near, you know, trees or anything like that, there's, the, the white shirt trick is not going to work <laughs> for for a car it's not it's not the
0: scale is is such a different thing that like you said the lighting the reflections on everything everything's parked close together there's a jillion people walking in front of you behind you next to you in front it, it was like it gave me an appreciation for somebody like a you know mike Heyman, who's actually quite a good um you know automotive photographer i think he hasn't shown as much lately as he used to and uh you know james stacy obviously like I'm like, man, I see your guys, you guys as photo essays or some of your, some of your shots. And I'm like, that didn't look that hard, you know? And I think I could take every once in a while, a decent photo of, of a watch or, or whatever. And anyway, a quick appreciation for, for what people that are really skilled at that do. Cause that's, that's, that's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's, um, that's the sort of thing where, you know, once you get good at this one little thing and I, I don't consider myself as good as you and neither of us by a long shot are as good as the people that do it, you know, for real. Or for money or whatever uh, but then yeah you start doing something else and it's like oh geez I got a, a whole nother set of skills I got to learn or I got you know figure out how to overcome these little technical challenges man you mentioned Mike Heyman and earlier you know Cole Pennington um, he'll probably hear this uh, you know a few days from now when we put this thing up but happy belated birthday Cole today is Cole's birthday hope you're doing happy well. birthday Cole. Yep. Yep. We did just, we did put out on the feed, a reminder to everybody that you were on new people. If you've never checked out that, uh, that episode, go back. He was one of our first guests, probably what episode 13, I think lucky I think, 13.
0: Yeah. I think that's what you posted today. It's crazy. I didn't realize that he was that early on. I mean, I knew we were early on, so that's man. So cool of him to come on so early in our podcast, you know, life. I mean, I didn't know if we'd make it to episode 15 at that matter at that point in time. And he was a pretty big deal to come talk to us, you know, so that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, when you think about it, I think, you know, all of the uh, the people that are sort of in our corner of the watch appreciation verse, you know, sort of lament that the changes that have happened that, you know, are the big outlet. How about that? But I mean, we we basically got all three of those Pokemon collected them all um yeah and and also
0: cool in, in their own right and uh, yeah absolutely know, to, to bless this little pod with their you know thoughts and, and and audiences is actually pretty cool because honestly each and every one of them drove you know a lot of engagement so pretty pretty cool and uh big big props and and thank you for that
1: right on well, dude, I did not go and accompany you to any of those, the car events or anything like that. But I did have one little kind of fun thing to debrief you on. We talked a little bit about it. I was a little reluctant to say anything or put anybody on blast, but they they posted you know pictures and stuff like that. But I was invited to a, a small dinner and it turned out to be actually even smaller. But um, yeah, I got to hang out with uh, a couple people that I've been wanting to meet you know, quite a bit, but in, in particular, this is uh, Wesley from standard H, the clothing brand. Um, I'm, I'm a customer and, uh, but also the pod, I think he's got a fantastic, the standard H podcast is very good. Long form. It's very good. It's a, a really different format. And it's something that like, I really admire the way he does it. And it's kind of, honestly, it's hard to replicate with a two person or three person podcast crew. Cause it's, it's, if if it's not a one-way conversation or not one-way how about it's a two-way but one host one guest kind of thing the dynamic is a little different but he does a very good job like you know teasing out a lot of interesting kind of second order details so that was very cool to meet him and uh luckily for me I did happen to be wearing one of his jackets uh so that happen, was kind of happened to <laughs> happened to yeah happened to You're
0: telling me you didn't put that on on uh, with with some forethought
1: I did not. Wow! Believe, All right, not, believe it or not, because there uh, you go, folks. It was just like I was thinking. Hey, it's uh, it's a you know kind of a summer early evening. It's going to be hot, but it ended up being like really cloudy, and literally it was just hanging on the hook before I got in the Uber, and as I was heading out the door, it was so I grabbed it. But that was cool. So that was neat. And then um, yeah, Morgan King, as always, rocking two amazing watches. He had a a fantastic uh, Ed White. And then on the other wrist, a, a crazy Daytona. And I'm not a Daytona fan, but it was, it was a, a stellar watch. So it was good stuff all around. And then got to meet um, the, uh, uh, oh God, what is the, is Rogue, oh Lord. Mm, the clothing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Carl from that, um, that clothing brand, that dude also has some pretty serious, what I would describe as like vintage watch jobs. It's just a fascinating guy and listening to, you know, Carl and Wesley had never met each other and I don't think either of them had known they were going to be there. So, you know, it's not like either of them did homework on each other and just basically sitting next to them while they sort of, you know, discovered what they, uh, what they have in common in the business and how they came up and, you know, who, who they know and what they do and where they're sourcing, where they're getting work done. It was just all very, very cool.
0: That's awesome. It was a small crew. I think you, you know, you shared a little bit about, you know, just having such a great time. Sometimes it's nice just to be in a small setting like that, rather than sort of the big, you know, as much as we love the, the get togethers, which are, you know, never enough and and certainly can't make them all, but we love them. But sometimes it's nice just to to share a table with really just a, you know, a handful of, uh, of people who love talking about watches and, and, and other stuff, quite frankly. Um, yeah, so that's nice. really cool.
1: It was fantastic, and it's rogue territory. Sorry, I have in my rogue notes. Territory. I trusted that I'd remember just RGT, and I think that's kind of the the handle on some of his socials. But rogue territory, um, relatively new to me. Coincidentally, you know, it's just something that I'd only kind of discovered recently. But I, I gather, kind of a big deal among the the younger people.
0: Yeah, so those are in the of- uh, sort of fashion style, style side of things.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that was fun, but that's really about the only thing I've had going on. You know, my, my youngest graduated recently and I've been sort of gearing up for this again, very, very minor, no drama surgery. Um, which is really why we're, we're running a little bit behind. So wanted to do a a quick catch up and, and get a short episode in the can and just say hello and chit chat for a minute.
0: So, Hey, um, now that you brought up Daytona's and we don't have to riff on this for too long and, um, we don't love sort of, you know, reacting to, to sort of renderings and watch news, you know, until we see things, you know, up close and personal, but what, what'd you think about the new Daytona?
1: So I don't like the Daytona in general as a model, right? Um, but I do like this one. I mean, I think- it's, it's an attractive watch. I like the idea that, um that Rolex would not take themselves so seriously, or I won't even say that they take themselves seriously. You know, they did palm fronds a few years ago, remember? And, you know, the, all the colored dials and. Dude, they just put out an emoji day date. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) I mean, come on guys.
1: But, um, I think it's more their, their hardcore fans that stand for Rolex and they're like, no, you know, Omega does all these things. They constantly, you know, refer back to their, their past. They constantly, you know, bang the, you know, the moon watch drum, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, Hey, you know, Rolex kind of does it in as much as they, they count on you to remember that it's, it's essentially very, you know, uh, uh design wise, a lot of the language, there's strong through lines through these things. This was a neat and fun departure. I think I really like the red kind of accent on the, uh, on the bezel on the tacky, Come on, that's good. That's really yeah, good. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um I'm I'm huge into that race and I did watch the race. I you know, in the United States, it's a pain. You gotta you've gotta stream it. You know, and that's and not, not on a streaming service, but on an app.
0: So, and, you know, so everybody knows we you, me, you know, our buddy Mike Stockton and Balash from Fratello, we were sort of back channeling and I said, okay, I'm going to try and check this out. I would never watched a race live before and quickly realized your pain
1: and what you were describing.
0: <laughs> I gave
1: up, man. Oh yeah. You, it takes a, a fair bit of commitment. Um, I will recommend to you and I think maybe I already did, but maybe, and I don't have a recommendation for this week or this show, but maybe this will sort of kind of be one. Anybody who's kind of getting into motorsport, you know, and there's, I think that's a lot of new people that are being brought in by F1 find it's out there. It has been out there on a variety of outlets, but find something called truth in 24. It was one of these early things, NFL films made it. They were commissioned by Audi North America. Um, I think about 10, no, more than 10 years ago. And if, If you want to get a sense of like what sports car motorsports at the highest level. So this is, you know, prototype racing, you know, endurance racing, Audi, Porsche, Toyota, Peugeot, whatever. Um, Find that and watch it. It's very professional. It is a documentary, but it it like plays kind of like a, a feature film. It's not super long. It's narrated by Jason Statham. Production is great. Like I said, I'm, I'm almost hundred percent. I've recommended that before, but in the summer for people who don't understand what is the deal with endurance racing and sports car racing, it's a great primer.
0: So with that being said, um, and we'll circle back to final thoughts on the, uh, the Daytona, uh, what were your thoughts on the race?
1: I thought the race was good. It was, um, so it, it was a wet race, but it was one of these things where it would rain and then you know dry out and then rain and dry out. I want to say there were like four discrete incidents of rain during the race, maybe more. Um, but it was the kind of thing it was not like back in 2013, which was the last time I remember there being a fatality in the race. It was one of these things where the, it rained for 20 hours, something like that. That was Tom Christensen's last win. And uh, it was insanely wet. And, and dangerous conditions. This was entertainingly wet. A lot of cars went out. Um, you know, n- kind of new rules, new new types of cars. The car classes I thought were very exciting. I thought it was great that Ferrari won. Um that it's it can only be good for, you know, for motorsport that Ferrari is on top in a major class. And that's that was really really cool. I think the neat thing though when we were again talking about this back channel with Stockton And I think they even mentioned it this last week or whatever on theirs. you were talking about, you know, you were the only Chevy product that that cars and coffee. There was a NASCAR, basically a full up Chevy Camaro NASCAR that ran, did very well. It did have some mechanical issues and whatnot, but they got them sorted and got back in. It was never, you know, competing for like a race win. It was more of sort of an experimental entry. But they took the checkered flag and it, this was like, you know, Jensen Button and Jimmy Johnson, J- Jensen Button's like, you know, one of my favorite driver personalities. And they got that thing across. And one thing I heard from so many people was it was one of the coolest looking cars out there. It was proper fast and it sounded amazing. It didn't sound like one of these neutered, you know, engine. I mean, this was like an honest to God NASCAR thing and NASCAR is a phenomenon, man. And I think people don't appreciate it. But when, you know, people got to hear this car and hear how different it was from, from everything else on track, uh, people were excited. It was really cool. I hope they do it again. I would love to see if somehow it would be so enormously expensive, but if NASCAR could pack up like kit and caboodle and go do two or three races in Europe.
0: That'd be fascinating. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. If, if, you know, I don't know what venues would be suitable, you know, they're, they're different cars they are set up differently. I think they're a lot stiffer. Um, you know, they're, they're not particularly nimble. Um, but they're, it's an interesting experience. Like it's a, a visceral thing to hear a bunch of those cars like rumbling around. Yeah. I thought it was cool that race. I liked the race. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a Tybo and the Daytona thing. I think that thing was awesome. I think that, you know, obviously, you know, it started to leak out a few days or whatever before that they were going to, you know, release something to celebrate that 100 years. Um, and uh, I think they nailed it, man. I think, you know, the 24-hour totalizer is rad. Cool little riff on that complication. You know, you continue to get a display case back now, you know, on some of these special edition Daytonas. Um, obviously got the sort of Newman-inspired dial. Uh, anyone that has a problem with it, I don't really see how. You know, you could, I guess you just don't like Daytonas, maybe, but I don't know how you could really, you know,
1: really criticize the execution, quite frankly. No, I mean, I think, you know, in full disclosure, they're, they're good watches. I've just always had an issue with the legibility yeah, and then sure. the hype around them. You know, if you, if I had a choice, cause legibility is such a bugaboo for me. Um, I will take a speedmaster all day long, you know, for being easy to read. So,
0: yeah. And, and here, like at the end of the day, like, you know, if the, if the topic of conversation was Speedmaster versus Daytona right now, right. Like we could have that conversation and, and there would be sort of the pros and cons on each. And then, you know, everybody would land on a side, but just objectively speak, objectively speaking, first of all, none of us are getting the damn thing, but just objective, objectively speaking, it's a pretty badass piece and it's pretty cool. And the tie-ins were subtle, but, uh, but obvious, or not subtle, but obvious. That doesn't make sense. Right. But like, Subtle, but you know, um, you know, uh, poignant, sort of very pointed, and uh, and it was done really well, right? I don't know, I don't know. I, just, I I saw people sort of hating on it, and I was sort of chuckling to myself. I'm like, how is this not objectively a cool thing?
1: Yeah, I like it, I'm glad they did it. Exactly, exactly. Actually,
0: speaking of weird, I was mentioning him earlier. Brian from High West Saloon's traveling right now, and he sent me a picture of a Rolex AD. And I said, this is about a week or two ago. I said, why don't you walk in and tell him you want the, tell him you want the new 100th anniversary, Le Mans Daytona. I don't think he did, but they probably didn't have anything in the store anyway. But I thought that would have been a pretty funny thing if he had done that. You know, he could pull it off. He would be able to walk in there with some measure of bravado and, and sort of, you know, humility.
1: <laughs> Just, yeah, deadpan it.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that would be fantastic. Well, I mean, we're... We're closing in on the amount of time we both, I think have hard outs here, but was there anything else kind of, you know, watch wise, that's not really what we usually do, you know, talk about like watch drops and and stuff like that, unless it's something that's really in our wheelhouse. I'm still sort of waiting with bated breath. I have a feeling we're going to get an Omega soon. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been kind of oddly quiet. I think it's going to be any minute where we may be hearing about a new Seamaster, um, this is sort of the anniversary year and, you know, I'm, I'm down for Omega and for Seamaster. So maybe we'll, we'll debrief that watch when, and if it drops, or maybe they'll, they'll wait till the end of the year, or maybe it'll be more than one watch, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, gosh, the way these drops have been going lately, you know, sometimes there's nothing for a minute and then it seems to be fast and furious. Um, you know, listening to folks talk about it and, and maybe even from the brand brand side of things, you know, Ever since COVID and maybe even slightly before that, just the idea, you know, of dropping everything at the trade show has sort of obviously, uh, very obviously, gone out the window. And so there's this, you know, steady drip, you know, throughout the year. And, um, you know, it's changed, I guess, how people report on it. It's changed how people, you know, expect drops and releases to happen. And you sort of, you know, they seem to sort of come up out of nowhere instead of like, okay, well, I know they're all going to come out in March and April or, or what have you. So I don't know. I think it keeps kind of fresh and interesting and, uh, you know, gives us a chance to maybe hop over to our our buddies at Feldmar and see these things in person. Um, and I think you just, did you just make a trip over there? Not too long ago. Right.
1: I did. I was there like a week and a half ago. Um, checked out a little bit of everything. I did see the new Breguet, the type Uh, Um, twenties. not a fan.
0: Well, I don't know.
1: no, (laughs) man no it's fair i mean if nothing else i would say it's it is hard to justify the price i mean it's 18 g's Whew, baby that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of constellations um yeah that's a, a twelve thousand dollar watch for 18 g's and i know that um you know a lot of people hate the 430 date i'm fine with it you know but so uh, I,
0: I hate it i do yeah.
1: uh,
0: um but it makes me extra hate it is that swiss made under the 430 date window because that to me is absurd.
1: Yeah, I don't understand the choices. Um and the like the civilian one, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. I think the 2 register one is the one to get. Um but again, Agreed. you know, they're they're available but at 18,000, I mean, I'm not a customer. All I would, I would shop pre-owned in that world or do what I actually did, which is get a Zen 103.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's sort of the playbook there. Um, but Hey, you know, you might be a brigade collector. You might be a, a type 20, you know, person, um, or you just might find it beautiful too. And, and, you know, I certainly, listen, if somebody walked up at the get together or, you know, a friend, whatever, and we, we, I'd be stoked to see it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm firmly in the, no, thank you camp.
1: Yeah, I, I am in the, I'll take it all day long. I just need to win the lotto first. Well, the house. yeah, well, I'll tell you what, if I won the lotto, I,
0: I probably take my 18 somewhere else. I think I get the, that new show part, uh, LUC
1: 1860. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Which I don't know how many of those are even available, but if you're giving me 18 grand to play with, that's where I'm going.
1: And the back of your watch look ridiculous. Can <laughs> I get your number? Um, yeah, I, those are great. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: tell you what. I mean, okay, talk about re re editions, and and we'll keep this brief here. Uh, very seldom does somebody do a re edition that you could argue is better than the original. I mean. Most of us in sort of this really deep enthusiast uh, space would probably say, ah, that's really cool. I love it, but I'd probably maybe take the original if given the choice between the two. That one, I mean, they took out the, the date window, which was not egregious to me, um, you know, pre- previously. It was okay. It wasn't great. It was, but it was fine. It did not, it did not detract. Uh, but they took out that date window, you know, changed out the sort of guilloche pattern. pattern. Um, they, I, I think they objectively made the watch better and it's, you know, subjectively one of the most beautiful watches of the last 20, 30 years, I think people would probably, you know, rank it up there. Um, that was a home run. I think we talked about that already. That might've been one of our, or maybe,
1: I don't know. We were supposed to maybe hit, pick our one or two favorites from watches and wonders, but maybe we skipped over the whole damn thing. I don't remember. You know, I, I don't think we talked about, no, I take it back. You did. I think you did talk about that probably about five episodes ago. And I agree. I, show part is one of those brands that I think is really cool. And it was one that I shopped a long time ago when I started to look at stuff, you know, this is uh, there's a boutique at South coast when I used to work in orange County. And this is maybe 12, 14 years ago, you know, going in there and it was all Mila Miglia and stuff like that. Eh, you know, but some of the, the higher end pieces, the LUC pieces looked really cool. And now I just, I just wish People would have discovered them like a year or two from now, so I could save my pennies and, and get that Alpine Eagle. I think we know <sighs> two or three people in our our sort of our friends group have gotten one of those recently. We do. We Yeah, do. I think Mike, Mike has one, right? He just uh, got well,
0: not, I mean pretty recently, yeah. It's yeah, which is fun for him. That's a very it's a departure in some ways um from his collection, but it's it's a fun one.
1: Yeah, it very much is. I think Carlo got one. I would love to, you know, to see the subtleties of the versions that they got. I got to check out the full gold one recently. That's crazy,
0: man. That's amazing. That's um, yeah, I agree. I wish we had a slightly longer runway to sort of put together the pieces maybe and pick up the one that we liked,
1: but yeah, you know, you, yeah, you can tell there's, there's just more talk. Suddenly I think the scales have fallen away from people's eyes on certain brands and you, You hear a lot more suddenly about Breguet. No, I'm not. I'm sorry, not Breguet. I meant to say Mm Blancpon and Chopard, and those are brands that I like. And I'm like, everybody mitts off. That's that's mine. (laughs) Don't be in my pool.
0: Well, it's when your favorite garage band goes, uh, you know, gets their first major record label, and uh, you know, you're happy for them, but you're like, ah, shit. Okay. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to fight for tickets. Yeah, exactly. Get
1: backstage anymore?
0: You know people aren't going to ask you, Hey, what is that? What are you playing? They're going to already know. And you, you know, eh, but it's, you know, it's for the fun, you know, the, 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 all the peaks and the valleys of, of sort of the enthusiasm and the collecting space.
1: No, that's true. It is what it is anyway. Well, Hey brother, I, uh, I need to get going shortly. I appreciate you taking some time again. I know we kind of, even this, we had to really, you know, pull out the, metaphorical metaphysical whatever pry bars and open some time in the schedule to get this done but we did we hit the jaws of life um you know <laughs> we, had to, we had to make the window happen oh yeah totally well again i appreciate you doing it and we should i think be back on a uh on a more regular schedule here shortly but it is cool to see you again and yeah Just another uh, good opportunity to have an episode basically about nothing. And we still talk for about 50 minutes about watches and booze and cars and coffee and good stuff.
0: Basically everything
1: we love. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. You got it, buddy. Take care. Cheers to you. Cheers.
0: We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at spirit of time Podcast and contact us at spiritoftimepodcast at gmail.com.
1: As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.